From Vistio, this is CXQA Live. A show where we talk to the world's leading CX experts about industry trends, CX technology, and transforming customer support into a streamlined strategic advantage for your business. Hello, everyone. I'm Stacy Sherman, live from ICMI, and I am hosting CXQA Live today, a little twist of the normal show where I am interviewing Rob Connolly about really important topics that's near and dear to our heart around human-first AI. And we're going to dive into what does that actually mean. Before we do, I have to give kudos to the Vistio team. We are sitting here in the unbooth. What does that mean? It means that it's different than every other booth here where it's not about selling. It's about connection. It's about relationships. And it's not even a requirement to scan your badge, which I have not heard of at an event. So that's very novel. It's really cool. And we're going to get started into human first AI. So welcome to your show. (laughs) Thanks for allowing me to be here. I don't know if that's... But no, this is fun. This is a topic that matters a lot to me personally and to Vistio. And um, like you said, it's fun to be in this unbooth environment for this show today. This is, we're here in Orlando at the ICMI Expo, and we're looking forward to having conversations with people that are here about um, you know all the things that we think matter and bringing value for people through our software. But uh, this is a conversation that connects both of those dots. Yes. So let's start off with, because everyone's going to have a different interpretation of human-first AI. So what does that mean to you from the sense of contact center leaders and businesses and customers? So share. Yeah. So contact centers are businesses. Businesses are full of people. Um, They're full of humans. And uh, um, my buddy Doug's here. Come on, photobomb. Jump in, Doug. You made it. This is this hey. is the second time Doug has jumped in live, so we're glad you're here, man. Thanks, man. Have, not, you, have you seen Nate? Last time I saw him, he was in Nashville doing some CXQA. He's show. here. He's here. He's here. He's probably <laughs> behind you, man. He's probably back here. He's if, probably if, pop out. if I'm going to jump in on on him, you know, now I'm on the other side of the camera. That's right. That's this is my first time meeting you in person. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Even though and we haven't met yet. Hi, either, I'm Stacy Sherman. I know, and I know you. Oh, thank you. Well, we're doing this live, so we'll uh, continue on All if right. we may. Thanks for stopping in. All four in. of us stalk each other on LinkedIn. <laughs> it's how it is. Good to see you and meet you, Doug. All right. Well, real time. This is like, uh, you know, not SNL, but it uh, <laughs> feels like it. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that was a good sort of example of, uh, I think, how humanity pervades business. Yeah. You know, ultimately we don't want to do business with people we don't trust or brands that we don't trust. And when businesses employ humans to help humans, um, there's a whole lot of humanity in business. And I think it's easy to forget that and reduce it only to the numbers. Businesses are in business to make money. So we're not talking about turning every business into a charity or a big kumbaya circle. But when it comes to AI, human first AI in any business context or really globally, societally, whatever, and and definitely this is true in the contact center, 
is an implementation or use of AI that does not make um, the human experience less or more difficult. Mm. It does not detract from the quality of life of any of the humans that are involved. And maybe, just maybe, we can employ tools like AI in a way to make human life better, to make business better, to improve the human connectivity by taking tasks that are not ideal for humans, that there's no value or connected reason for the humans to do, and giving those tasks to the AI to do. Mm -hmm. So human-first AI puts the value of the humans involved, all of the humans involved, first. I want to add the organic nature of what just happened with a pop-in while we're recording here, <laughs> which is this is not scripted, right? So that's the other part of real life and the contact center where it is better when you can have a loose guide, mm -hmm. but it has to be where you train people and then you empower them to deliver a message and deliver excellence. So I think that was actually a very cool organic thing that just happened. No, hundred percent. I mean, you, you know, and in every industry, every uh, business, every scenario is different to the degree to which, you know, harsh rules have to be followed and policies and exact words. But at the end of the day, the technology should facilitate connections between humans. Yeah. The technology should be facilitating the ability for the agent to connect with the human on the other end of the interaction to the benefit of all. Mm. I want to talk about an example uh, around AI, and this is going to be actually part of my presentation uh, tomorrow, which is we know that agents feel tremendous pressure and stress and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so the AI, what's your view on how it actually can help them, especially when they're onboarding mm -hmm. and that first call from nesting to that first call, what's your view on how it's helpful? Yeah. So, I mean, I think this is born out of um, a reality that there's a problem with training where getting realistic repetitions of interactions without harming customers by throwing somebody that's new out on the phones yeah. is, is a hard thing to accomplish. And so eventually, you know, the, the baby duck gets pushed out of the nest into the water to swim. Yes. Right. And so the idea um, behind our product service sim is to solve that problem by helping agents actually practice what they're going to be doing in real life in a way that doesn't harm the customer and isn't uh, nearly as stressful for the new agent as dealing with actual customers and also eliminates the need for two agents to role play together, right? Because first of all, that's 50% of the efficiency of being able to practice on your own. Yeah. And second of all, there's quite a bit that the AI can do to simulate those situations that are very, very similar, literally training the AI to pretend to be a human really, really accurately that knows what that human customer would know or needs what that human customer would need. So I think with all those dynamics, um, you know, that's an example of a way that AI can be used in the contact center to facilitate things that make the human experience and human quality of life better for, for everybody involved. And ultimately there's business outcomes attached to this too, right? Yeah. Where training costs and training attrition goes down, agents are sticking around longer, they're getting a better sense for what they're supposed to be doing before they're actually doing it. 
customers have better experiences overall through this. So that's an example of human first AI. And that's, that's how we came to our solution was with that principle that human first AI should be the focus. Mm. And also the power of real time feedback. 100%. Right. And how the agent can know how did they do on the spot. And also talking about anxiety and stress that they can practice where they don't have to even share the results with somebody and feel embarrassed that they didn't do well. They can just keep doing it until they get it right. So there's talk about human factors. 100%. Yeah. So implementation Mm. and the responsibility of deploying this really well, are there some best practices? Well, again, you know, the framework for human first AI is to really think through the ways that any technology, AI or not, will help to achieve not only the business goals that are currently being measured, but facilitate the human assets uh, in the business to be more valuable to the business, but not by just extracting value, by creating that longer term uh, connection to the business and to the customers and to the shared mission that they have, in this case, as an agent in a contact center. And we talk about it on the show every week, you know, the agent-centric contact center philosophy and, you know, the value that agents can bring to a business if they're properly equipped and if they're treated in a way that facilitates their connection to the business and to the customer. And so I think you have to have uh, an evaluative framework for any technology and AI especially that evaluates those dynamics to see is this technology going to bring an increase in value in those ways for the humans involved, all the humans involved. Mm. And so that makes some of the humans involved more valuable to the business and that makes the customers more connected to the business in a way that brings the business outcomes, Mm -hmm. that the business exists to have happen. Mm. Software vendors, how does someone go about knowing, you know, what about them? How do you pick? Yeah, software vendors, I think, being that I work for a software vendor, I think it's safe to say are trying to navigate this time in the marketplace because it almost feels like if you don't have an AI product that you're behind Mm. or that somehow maybe you're not really engaged or connected. So I think that's potentially a mistake um, because AI is one type of tool. And ultimately, this is about tools that solve uh, actual problems that increase the uh, business outcome values and all the things that drive what businesses are about. So it's almost like, you know, there's this race to have an AI thing because there's this buzz around AI. Um, But a lot of those software solutions that are somewhat AI related or are kind of coming under that banner, I wonder if those solutions have been really thought through from a human first sort of framework standpoint. Mm. And ultimately when we talk about long-term ROI, in the contact center, what we're really talking about is the things that are going to drive all of the things that make business better. And quite frankly, that's 90% just the humans and that human connection between, you know, employee and customer agent and customer. Right. And so sometimes that means taking things off the plate of the human to make it easier for the human to connect with the other human that's on the other end of the line. Sometimes that means giving, humans the opportunity to practice in realistic environments what they will do with the real humans when it's time for them to do that Uh, but those are examples and i think software vendors need to be thoughtful in the way that they 
solve specific problems with any technology that they have, not just, you know, what can I get to market that'll be a part of this buzz, right? And so that's where, you know, this is a personal passion for me is this uh, human first AI way of looking at uh, these questions. As a software vendor, I think in the long run, you're not going to see profitability and top line revenue if you're not bringing that kind of longer term ROI. Anyway, so the software vendors actual business goals in the long run will be facilitated by evaluating more longer term value that they bring mm. to their customers through the problems that they solve with their software and the way that they solve it. I see some synergy here around checking boxes, what people do, even in customer experience, they say that they're customer centric, but they're really just checking the box. So when you talk about everybody's kind of adopting AI, there's almost that same thing that we have to be mindful of, of are we just getting the AI just to say that we're, you know, AI equipped, but are they really using it the right way? And that's what I kind of hear from you of the opportunity. Yeah. I mean, businesses that um, have multi-tiered leadership tend to hear that something's working for somebody else in, in another business or there's a buzz about something like AI and then it becomes almost like, well, we need to get AI too. I mean, there, there was the, the omni-channel buzz. There was a the self-service buzz. There was all these things that the contact center has gone through where it's like, yeah. you have to do these things. Yeah, It's an expectation now, you know, the leaders hear these buzzwords and they think, well, well, if we don't do that, then we're behind. And that's dangerous. Right, Because the real thing that we need to be thinking about in the contact center space is what are the problems that we need to solve to improve the customer experience and improve the business outcomes? Mm-hmm. Not what is hot right now. Mm. What's the current buzz? What's the, and, and I will say this too. I think right now it's backfiring for a lot of software vendors. Just to kind of finish up you know, your question before, because it's changing so fast that it's actually created a high level of caution. And so we got to get on this AI bandwagon and then there's so many new things coming out and there's very little ROI approved in the marketplace because there's something new every other week. I think software buyers in the contact center are saying, whoa, like I don't feel confident staking my career on an AI purchase in the contact center right now because it's too risky and it's changing too rapidly. And so I think that that's an ironic dynamic. And you saw this Honestly, in, in marketing software, where marketing software was changing um, very, very rapidly over the last decade, and marketing software began to market itself as you know, being able to attribute everything that happened in marketing to a dollar. And so then you have this false idea that you can attribute every time somebody comes to your website, you're going to know exactly what ad dollar brought them there. Hmm. And ultimately, people don't like to be tracked. I don't like to be tracked. So... Um, the resistance to that now that there have been changes to the internet, iOS 14 on um, Apple phones changed the game for privacy for marketing. So now all these big purchases with multi-year contracts were made in the marketing vendor space and that software is not as effective as it was intended and marketed as being. Mm. And so I think there's going to be some evolution with the way the marketplace views AI. We're in a very rapidly developing environment with AI where it's kind of scary to think about buying a big AI platform because of how quickly everything's changing mm. and how little you know track record a lot of these solutions actually have in the marketplace. So 
Um, I think that that's, uh, that's a really critical component to what we're seeing right now in the contact center. And I would just say, you know, for any contact center software buyer, start with understanding what your problem is that you're trying to solve or what your goal is that you're trying to accomplish and then go seek a solution that accomplishes that goal or solves that problem first, not with what everybody's talking about. Mm, yes. Well, you mentioned something that goes quite deep, which is the fundamental thing around AI, and that is fear. People are afraid of replacement of their jobs. People are afraid of spending money. And like you said, it's constantly evolving. So when do you really like step in? So what do you say to the fear? Because that's real. And people know that they're fearful. They understand they have to adopt and embrace. But what can you say the psychological factors of this, what people can do? Well, there's a bunch of layers to the fear thing. Agents are afraid they're going to be replaced. And so, you know, frontline managers are hearing this all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm in a bunch of agent groups on Facebook where they just kind of support each other and gripe a little bit and, you know, have a little bit of community together as agents. And uh, I mean, honestly, difficult customers, ridiculous policies that they have to deal with um, and the fear of being replaced by AI are the three things you hear the most in those groups. Mm. And so, and I, I've actually talked with companies that have said, we're just going to get rid of all of our human agents and we're going to put an AI in place. So like there are some isolated examples of companies thinking that this is doable or a good idea. And so I think on some level, it's understandable why agents would have that fear. And to that, I would say there are going to be some companies that try it. And in some industries, it might be feasible because of the type of industry and the limited amount of human connection that's required for the transaction and the business value to be delivered. I mean, that is definitely something that is on the radar. There are going to be some examples of that, I think. Um, But the majority of companies, the majority of industries, it's not going to go like that. You're going to have the need for human to human connection, the ability for the human on the company side to really understand and connect with what's going on in the customer's journey and experience with that brand and to be able to solve that problem with critical problem solving skills that that combination of critical problem solving and human empathy. um, The AI will never be able to actually have the question is, will it be able to emulate it? And then what does that do when it goes wrong? Mm And then there's, so that's the second layer of fear, right? So I don't think long-term most agents are just going to be completely cut out and replaced, although we will see some of that. Some of the job functions. Some of the job functions, that's right. But you're going to also see other jobs created. The ability to train the AI well, uh, to QA the AI, to step in when the AI steps off Mm. what it's supposed to do. Mm -hmm. So there are going to be some percentage of those displaced roles that are picked up in other areas, right? Yeah. And I would also say... Um, you know, and we've talked about this on the show um, with Lisa and Sherry and others. You know, there's never been a more important time for agents to think about their career, to think about what they want for their career, to make the most of the opportunity that they have in engaging with customers and and, and being the sort of diplomat and emissary of the business to the customer. Mm-hmm. Do they are they passionate about that customer's journey? Are they passionate about um, helping the business to execute on its promises? You know, there's lots for agents to think about beyond just got to keep my metrics in line and clock in and clock out, right? There's never been a more exciting time to reimagine your career as an agent because of all this stuff that's opening up in the future. The other kind of fear that I think is very, very clear is this fear uh, that 
we're going to be behind if we don't adopt AI. And we touched on that earlier. Yeah. And, and I would just replace that with critical thinking about what the business needs mm -hmm. and, and doing an honest diagnosis, diagnosis of what those tools are that will solve that problem or create that opportunity. And then the third area of fear that I see that's really um, interesting and intriguing, which we won't go into a lot of detail on this here today, is the idea that um, AI is going to literally take over the world and destroy us and we should not have AI at all. Mm. Um, and I think that in short, um, there should be a lot of safeguards and protections with regard to the types of data that AI has unlimited, unfettered access to. Mm -hmm. Certain businesses have privacy requirements and that needs to be very much paid attention to and the security protocols and boundaries that are available for any given software platform need to line up with your business's privacy and security needs and the data that it's going to be exposed to. Um, you don't see a lot of talk about that in the AI and vendor marketing. Right. Um, but that's actually on the purchasing company to evaluate and to think through. Yeah. Um, and so I think those are the three layers of fear that I see related to AI in the context center currently. Mm. Yeah, we can spend the entire time right now just on fear and getting over it and the value of how AI can actually address the fear. So no, don't run from it, embrace it. Mm -hmm. I also want to bring back what you said, which is really important for listeners, is you said you went to Facebook and you look at the agent conversations. And I encourage people to make sure that you really understand what are your agents saying. And if you don't, they do go to Facebook and they create their own communities. And so where I worked in a BPO recently, they had a platform where there was that community of peer-to-peer -peer education and peer-to-peer -peer support. And therefore, you know, you're lucky that the agents are letting you in to the Facebook group because there's times where I wasn't allowed in, but I wanted to hear the conversation. So what you just said is so key for leaders to know the voice of the agent just as much as the voice of the customer. Absolutely. I, and like you said, um, we as humans need to feel some connection in our work. Most of us just going in, whether it's virtually or in person, clocking in, clocking out, never feeling any form of connectivity or purpose or community or even having somebody just to listen to what we're going through yeah. that can understand the struggle, right? Without all of that, our work declines. The quality of our work will decline. That's just a fact. Mm -hmm. And as you said, if, if brands are not creating for their agents a genuinely safe place to have that together, they will go and find it or they'll move on from the career or some other outcome, right? Because it's really needed. I'll just add one more thing. It's very interesting in those groups. And I do encourage anybody that's in the contact center space to go seek these groups out. There's usually three or four people in each of these groups that are the long-term moderators of those groups that have been doing this for 20 plus years. And they kind of have that role of the sage, old, wise, sort of been there, done that, got a few t-shirts type person, right? Mm -hmm. And what you'll find is they bring a certain acceptance of the realities of the contact center um, to folks that are newer to it. And I feel like that's the kind of mentorship that sort of, you know, hey, let's talk through this, let's process this together, that should be 
facilitated within the company for which the agent works mm. is to have somebody who has that kind of experience in the industry, especially on in, in a large scale operation where they feel like this person has been there and done this before. And they also are empathetic with my experience as an agent. Um, and I would argue that any of our tools, getting back to the AI conversation or technology conversation, any of our tools that don't facilitate that sort of mentorship connection and community connection that push us further from those things are actually in the long run harming the business. Mm. So let's bring this back and, and put the whole picture together. So we talked about how human first AI is a game changer. There's fear. There's people saying, oh, I need to adopt it just to check the box. We know that doesn't work. We know that the voice of agent, they're talking and it's so valuable and making sure that you tap into it. We talked about human first AI for training and real-time feedback, how empowering that is because we know stress and anxiety and burnout is real. So wrap this up for me. And we talked about software vendors and choosing and how do you know? So what would you say to listeners, maybe a couple of actual things they can do based on everything we talked about? What do you want them to remember? Yeah, we're all a little bit tired of the AI conversation because it's been at a fever pitch for quite some time. For many of us, we're intrigued. For many of us, we feel pressure to find an AI solution. For many of us, um, we're trying to sift through all of the marketing that's out there. At the end of the day, it comes down to understanding the opportunities and problems that exist in the contact center and building everything around that. So I would say um, if your company is currently in a buying mode, mm. if you're in a contact center environment and you're in a buying mode, uh, make sure you hone in on that problem or opportunity very, very specifically, very, very narrowly. And that's the most practical step. And and sometimes that's hard to do if a process has already gotten off you know, to the start and you've got six or seven department heads or different people from different parts of the organization, but having the kinds of conversations that get everybody on the same page about what the problem or opportunity is, that's how you begin to make sure that your software buying, mm -hmm. that your business cases of any type, you know, whether it be a policy change, whether it be hiring, whether it be training, whatever it is, is actually aligning with what needs to be happening in the business and not just some fad is chasing us, you know, to go buy this thing or, um, you know, somebody's found something that they really like, but we haven't really engaged that with that kind of an alignment around the problems or opportunities. So that'd be the first thing. Well, one thing, can people kind of dip their toe, you know, in the water? Can they test it before really plunging, you know, diving fully in? Is that possible? When you say testing it, what do you mean exactly? They've never done AI. They never did simulation. I see what you mean. What can they do? Well, I know we have a free trial of our thing. Okay. Uh, and I would say also, that's a good point when you bring that up. I think that um, when you're talking about a simulation mm -hmm. of a customer interaction or when you're talking about the ability to integrate AI into your contact center, I think in most cases it really makes common sense for a vendor to provide not just a, a demo that you watch but the ability to be in some version of the software and see how it interacts, see what the boundaries are for data security and 
um, integration and to really get the full picture of what it's like to interact with AI, especially it, you know if you're in, working with a company and you've never integrated AI at all. Um, so you know, first step would be uh, make sure that you're aligned around the problem or opportunity. The second step would be let's make sure that we're actually getting to see this fittedness and understand how all of these parts of the human first framework are actually going to work. And in most cases, that's actually getting a free trial if that's available and should be in most cases, I think. Well, especially because we talked about fear mm -hmm. and fear is real. So take advantage, people, of the opportunity to test it, play it with it like Play-Doh, because then your fear is addressed. And then you get that feedback and then you hear people say, wow, that really helped our company. That helped for the human first mm -hmm. culture with AI at, you know, supporting it. So I love that. And then the other couple of things that I would say is we're just kind of fitting this together and um, wrapping up our time is when we, we think about the future of AI in the contact center, it's an unknown. The future of AI in our, AI in our economy and our society is unknown. And so I would say doing the due diligence to understand the boundaries of how AI is connected to the business, not just with data, yeah. but with the role that AI is playing in the career mindsets of agents, the role that AI is playing in facilitating that customer journey that has been very well thought through and designed. Um, and also thinking about the way that AI can be turned off if it needs to be and disconnected from the business if it needs to be. Mm -hmm. And the ability to have those boundaries not only defined but accessible, I think is honestly a very, very critical sort of back-end piece to the human-first AI way of thinking. Mm -hmm. And always creating structures and cultures where feedback and engagement with agents and customers and everybody in between is just integral to the way the business is run. Well, thank you, everyone, for being here. And thank you, Rob, for being on your show <laughs> with, for hosting me. with me at the, at the host table here. And I hope that people will really take away the importance of human-first AI and how to do it right. So thank you. Awesome. We're going to end the session and jump over to the discussion table. We'd love to have anybody join us that is available. Have a great Tuesday. To listen to a recording of this and other episodes, visit vistio.io forward slash podcasts. And to join our show live each week, go to vistio.io forward slash CX live.